Um, uh, listen, we know it's been a long time. And I'm not going to say we have apologies for it because I think like life just started doing life's thing. However, we have never once forgotten about you sent him. Oh my God. I know I made you mad. But this, but this time, time that we spent creating is the best time I've ever had. <laughs> my name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. Because we're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Cut print moving on is the only moment in the Smash catalog that makes me go, okay, Catherine McPhee. Mm-mm. It's that and it's um, public relations. I relate to men of so many nations, but public relations are my favorite gun. She sings, um, but sometimes you have to roam. Oh, it's so good. The placement, it sounds so healthy. And yeah. I'm like, okay, she mm-hmm. was warm this day. I'm a big Catherine McPhee apologist when it comes to her particular portrayal of Karen Cartwright on Smash the TV show. I'm a big Karen Cartwright apologist, baby. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Sentimental Men, the Wicked Podcast. The first episode of this new era. So exciting. I know. New era. I think the guest that we have on deck for this first episode back is very appropriate and fitting because she has been the talk of the town. Yeah. Who else could we have (laughs) as our first guest back? First guest back. And I know we say this about every guest. (laughs) I truly have been saying Carla Stickler's name from the beginning of this endeavor yes. because I have been obsessed with Carla Stickler since I was like 13, 14, 15 years old when she was the standby on the first national tour in Wicked. For Miss D. Rossioli, friend of the pod. And Nicole Parker, other, other friend of the pod. And Mamie Paris. Aspirational friend of the pod. Carla Stickler, she's here. Kevin, do you want to run through the resume and then we can kind of talk about the moment of it all? Quincy, I would love to run us through the resume because it is... Honestly, one of the most interesting resumes that we've ever read out loud on this show. So after graduating from NYU, Carla went on the Asian tour of The Sound of Music as Liesl, which like straight out the gate, we love an international queen. At Jenny Denoya. After that, from 2007 to 2009, she was on the Mamma Mia second national tour in the ensemble understudying Sophie. Quincy. I love Mamma Mia so much. And you know, when I think Mamma Mia, I think, well, I think two things. When I was a little kid, I did something bad. Mad. And instead of grounding me or taking away my cell phone, my mother took my Mamma Mia DVD and threw it in the dumpster outside of our house. <laughs> she said, I'm going to hit this kid right where it hurts. <laughs> so she really had me clocked from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but secondly, when I think Mamma Mia, I think of you because the summer that we met and worked together, Mamma Mia 2 came out. Continue. In 2010, she made her Wicked debut on the first national tour in the ensemble Understudying Alphaba for two years. Mm. And then in 2012, uh, she left the ensemble Understudy Alphaba and became the Alphaba standby and the an understudy for Nessa Rose. Mm-hmm. We love that track. And I saw her as Nessa Rose. I know, I know. She was incredible. I'll find that audio. Yeah. Another funny story. In that era, I didn't have an iPhone or anything, so there's no voice memo situation. I bought 
a voice recorder from Radio Shack. <laughs> specifically so I could record all of the wiki performances I was going to see while I was in Hawaii. So those are vintage. Do you have to like take those to a shop to like get them converted into a digital file? No, it had like a weird like USB-C connector thing. Oh. To, like plug it in and put it onto iTunes. Oh my God. It's very crafty. Yeah. In May 2013, she went into the Broadway company of Wicked in the ensemble and understudying Alphaba. In July of that year, she was back out on the tour as an emergency Alphaba cover. Then in November 2013, she's uh, back in Wicked on Broadway as the Alphaba standby. November 2013 through 14, she's in the ensemble, understudying Alphaba in and out. And then in December 2014, again, out on the tour, emergency Alphaba cover. August 2016, Wicked Broadway, she's back in the ensemble, Alphaba understudy, in and out through 2019. She's there. She's ready. (laughs) So it shouldn't surprise us. The writing has been on the wall that she would pull off the impossible. And come back. In the year of our Lord, 2022. Just two months ago. She was an emergency cover during the... The Omi disaster, I want to call that era. But she had not done the role in seven years. I'm so glad it was her, though. I was like, Me yes. too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> in addition to all of that craziness, um, from 2015 to 2017, she was a principal guest entertainer on Norwegian Cruise Lines. That's a nice gig. Uh, okay. You work one night a week. You do like your 40-minute set twice. Gotcha. So as Jenny Denoy would say, she cushy. <laughs> We're up to date with her theatrical resume, but I do just want to include some other like accomplishments of hers because I think these are part of what makes her so exceptional. Um, So in 2016, she got a master's degree in educational theater. In 2019, she graduated from uh, a program that like trains artistic or creative people how to like code and like shift into a gear in tech. And she is, as we all know, like currently working as a software engineer. Mm -hmm. I just feel such a like spark of inspiration with her because like I got that speech dozens of times if you can do anything else do that instead and like nobody ever told you do that too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's just a fence built around being an artist that it's like all or nothing Mm -hmm. it's like really cool to see somebody who not only like can still do both but does still do both and is excellent at both Mm -hmm. it's just really cool for me and a nice reminder for me that it's like that at any second you could just I too have not performed the role in the last seven years but I could (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we're very excited she's gonna be here very soon should we do a stuck on SJB we should explain since it's the first stuck on SJB of the new era Yeah, yeah, yeah as you know as you might know we should explain too because some people listening might not Follow us on Follow Instagram. Follow us on social media, which maybe so, you should. Maybe you should. But if you don't have social media, that's okay too. This era, we are going to do a Wicked interview every other episode and a non-Wicked interview in the in-between weeks. We're really excited about that. We're excited to talk to some ladies who we've always wanted to talk to, but couldn't find a Wicked angle through which to talk to them. We've already done one non-Wicked interview And let me tell you, there were wicked angles throughout. Like, we were surprised by it. So now I think we find the wicked angle with every non-wicked guest we have. I don't think there's an actress on this island 
who doesn't have a single connection to Wicked? You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't have a touch point, you know? So anyway, so with Stuck on SJB, we are going to try this era limiting that to being in the Wicked episodes. So basically, in the Wicked episodes, you're going to get a Stuck on SJB on air. In the non-Wicked episodes, you're going to get a Choices, Options, and Bootlegs on air. And for both of those episodes, whichever segment you're not getting on air, you're going to get on social. So it's like, really, you're not losing anything. We're just trying to keep the time of these episodes down, you know? Because they get long. (laughs) They get long, and it's long to edit. (laughs) Um, Anyways, on that note, Stuck on SJB. Yes, so my Stuck on SJB is a throwback to one of the, like, OG Stephanie J. Block videos that was really formative in my young gay obsession with her. Okay. It is the obsessed with Seth Rudetsky where he's mm. at the piano. She's doing a bunch of ridiculous shit. And those are my favorite videos. Those are, I love, loved those videos in high school. And honestly, like, is it my dream to just like become Seth Rudetsky? I think so. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I love about this video. This isn't, It's not like a performance video, so I'm not really going to like break it down into anything super meaningful, but a couple points to to look out for. Is this a Bible preacher headshot? This is, yes. So the pre-J headshot. The pre-J headshot. That's what she calls it. She's like, it's pre-J, it's pre-J. So we have like a gloriously blown out headshot of Stephanie Block. It's very 80s. And Seth says, how do you look younger now than you do in this photo? Doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So a couple things to point out. Um, Number one, I have always found it hysterical that she's just like holding the mic pack. I don't know why, but that image is like burned into my head. (laughs) Another thing to check out, come on Soprano. Because she whips out, uh, not writings on the wall, the other one. Between the very dead of night and Moonlight. day. Yeah, yeah. And I would like her to put that back in the concert circulation because she sounds gorgeous. Sure. This video is also the birthplace of the iconic catchphrase, an E doesn't scare me. Mm, yes, that's right. That might have been the first time I like knew what a top was. <laughs> like that was like... <laughs> I would love to feel as confident about anything as Stephanie J. Block felt about hitting an E on September 24th, 2012. All of this culminates in Seth Rudetsky assembling this like fever dream of like a 16 bar cut. Very sent men in vibe. That's a very sent men ask. I'm telling you, Seth Rudetsky, he ran so we could walk as sentimental men. Yeah, that's true. So he makes her do a cut from the Pirate Queen then she does a little tap dancing because let us not forget, Ms. Block is a Reno Sweeney. She is a Reno Sweeney. Send her to the West End. Oh my God, if she replaced Carrie Ellis. Is that who's doing it? Why did I think Rachel yeah. York was going in? Ooh, but that would also be good. And then it ends with the battle cry, the war cry. Ah. All right, shall we get into the interview? Yeah, let's do it. Carla Stickler, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. So you don't remember this, but we do have a history together, and I'm sorry for ambushing <laughs> with you once we started recording. Okay. Back when I was 13, 14, the mm-hmm. Wicked Tour came to Hawaii, <gasps> and I was like searching up the cast, needed to know everyone, became obsessed with you because you were the current standby on tour. Mm-hmm. And then my high school, I don't know how it happened, was chosen to do the like Making Magic Defying Gravity concerts that you had been doing with Michael Mahaney, mm-hmm. and I was one of the kids who got to do it. Oh my God. Gosh, that's why your name looked familiar. <laughs> that's so funny. I was like, why does it sound familiar? I feel like I know this. No, it's like a really crazy that it came back in this way so many years later. Yeah. But yeah. That was such a beautiful show that we did. That was so much fun. Wait, so what like organization was it for again? Because you were doing it for a while, right? Yeah, I was working with the Educational Theater Association, which I think now is the Educational Theater Foundation. Gotcha. Um, and when we were in... Like, I think we did one in L.A. and Seattle and Utah and Hawaii. And we would basically, like, work with a high school and we would put together a show in 24 hours. <laughs> and we would raise money for scholarships in the arts for yeah. high school students. That's Honestly, so cool. being a part of that was such a huge moment for me. It made me realize I wanted to be a teacher. And, like, I loved working with all of you guys. It yeah. was so much fun to watch everyone just like work their butt off and be like incredible high school kids and like live love their whole life in musical theater. I loved it. Well, it, that was the thing. It was like huge for us. Like the six of us were walking around campus for the rest of the week being like, yeah, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> and also you sang I'm Not Afraid of Anything from Songs for a New World at that concert. And that's what introduced me to Songs from a New World. Mm, I love that song. Truly foundational moments, Carla. <laughs> and so I'm honored that I was a part of that for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, so we start every interview with asking, how did Wicked come into your life? Not as an actress, but what's your first touch point with the show itself? So I'm going to age myself. I think it was my senior year of college. I did not see it right when it opened, because what, it opened in 2004? Three. Three? Was it three? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. When you're a teenager, it's like, it's very, like, you connect to, like, Jack and the adventure. Yeah. Then it's, like, a different part of it, and then... All of a sudden, you're hit with steps on the palace in a way that like never clicked with you before. And oh, see, and like that hasn't even clicked for me. So, like, well, I mean, I don't it's even... not a timeline. It's like you, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I know. But, like... <laughs> okay, so when I started City Center, um, no one is alone. Really got me uh-huh. at City Center, and when I saw it with you, no more. Really, I was almost near tears. I don't well, know if you we're gonna circle. Like when you think about like the hairspray movie, that is like very even like Les Mis. Like that is. The tone of the stage production. Stylistically the same. Stylistically the vibe. Yeah. The overall like effect, color palette, etc. Yeah. But then there are musicals that like are very different from on stage to on screen. Like Dear Evan Hansen even is like a big movie. Mm. But a very intimate stage production. Mm. Or like Chicago is a very lavish movie. And a very sleek stage production. You know what I mean? Like you get a different style, a different energy with movies. So I don't know. It could be either. And I'm excited to see. I mean, all of this is to say that I'm very excited for the movie, but it is still not 100% real in my head yet. I need to see more. Knowing that it's going to be two parts, it's still hypothetical to me. But we will wait and see and go on this adventure together. Anything else 
Nope, that's all I got. I feel like this was a good little touch base about the state of things. I feel like we're going to be doing a lot of these over the next two, three years about the Wicked movie. Yeah. And until then, we can speculate. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Talk to you later. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced and edited by your hosts, Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. You can support the pod by leaving us a rating or a review or by subscribing. Subscribers get early access to our regular episodes, monthly bonus episodes, and get added to the Scent Men Green Circle. Which is literally our close friends on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Julia DiMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. He's not saying my mom was Maureen and Wren. Yeah, that makes me sad, though. He's not saying my mom was in the wild party. He's not saying my mom was in the chess concert. He should be. (laughs)